Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Potter's House Sunday Recap. We're thankful that you have come back to uh, to join us. Uh, We're talking about the plumb line today. It's the last message in the series. Uh, If you want to catch up with all those messages in that series, they'll all be in the description of this video. So go back and watch them. We have, this is our third recap video. So you'll have three video recaps that uh, has us talking about what Pastor Michael preached on Sunday. So uh, dive into it. It's been an awesome series. I am excited today to be joined by... By Lindy Bonnet, hello, who is our ministries director, and Chris Dayton, who is our executive pastor. Hello, hello. So excited for them to be on here with us. This is only our third one, but it's your first time. So welcome, welcome. Thank you. Yes, we will have um, the trials and the tests at the end. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Be a written exam portion <laughs> following the podcast. Um, so you know, it's Tuesday. Tuesday's a heavy day around here. Not a heavy day. It's a busy day. It's like a solid, like my calendar has like the peach color of all the things going on. It's a solid peach for about six hours. <laughs> Meetings, which is great. We come in this morning, we have prayer meeting, uh, uh, prayer time, then we have staff meeting, and then everybody kind of disperses. You've and already led worship twice today. Twice, two hours. And doing a I podcast. I'm surprised you still have a voice left. <laughs> I might, my brain, I don't, I'm worried about it by the end of this podcast. <laughs> we'll have prayer at the end. Yes. <laughs> It'll be good content is what you're saying. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, so we're excited that you have ch- uh, chosen to join us again today. We have so many things going on here at the Potter's House, and if you want to learn more about all the events we've go- got going on, like I know right now we have um, Rally Night for the PH Youth tomorrow night. We're getting ready uh, for our big summer block party next that's week. July 5th, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Which is going to be so exciting and so much fun. We have Choir Sunday, which is coming up on this Sunday, July 2nd, but it's also, we have rehearsal this Thursday, uh, June 29th is 6.30. If you want to sign up for any of that or you want to learn more about it there's there's so much going on you can go to pottershouse.org go to our events page and you can see everything that's going on i'm 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 happy to be a busy church oh, yeah. i'm happy to have so many things going on we have ministries for our kids vbs is coming up in july yes. um so if you have kids what's the age limit it's on that? ages five to twelve five and to 12. the registration deadline is sunday july 2nd so if you're watching this, this sunday after that yeah. day i'm sorry but hopefully yeah. you can get it in time so if you're watching it before, this is your last yes, chance. Yes, this is the last call. <laughs> uh, you want to be a part of it. It's great. My kids love VBS. They've, they've always loved VBS. It's a great time for them to learn, and especially during summer. They're out of school mm-hmm. um, looking for things to do. This is an awesome thing to do. So uh, we're going to dive into the service uh, this last Sunday, which was Sunday, July uh, 25th. Um, June 25th. June 25th. See, my brain is already... You're living in the future. (laughs) I started talking about future dates and I bring them to me. So June 25th. And I also forgot to say my name, which I told you I was going to. I'm David Oldfield. I'm the worship and creative arts pastor here at the church, which is all good. It's like my it's like my trademark thing. I forget to say my name. Um, So let's talk about this last Sunday, which was June 25th. Correct. Um, Yes. And every time we come together... It's, I feel like it's, it's really important, and I don't want to overstate that. Like it's, it's super important because things happen in, in people's lives. Things happen on a corporate level, and not just in this room, but in, I believe in the nursery. Our, our, our uh, nursery workers, they're investing into our kids. They're Absolutely. not just watching children. They are investing into those kids in our uh, kids' kingdom. Uh, Potter's House Kids, Kids' Kingdom is a blast in the past. Potter's House Kids. They're, they're being invested in. I led worship here, uh, up here on Sunday morning, and then went immediately back to sing songs with them. Mm-hmm. Take my guitar, they all kind of gather around. There was a metal desk behind where I was playing, and they started playing drums, and I was like, y'all like to play, play drums? They're like, yes. 
and like 30 of them started banging on the metal desk. Oh my and I was like, well, that's enough. <laughs> but uh, there are just things happening. We have Potter's House JV. And, 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 and so when we come together on a Sunday, when we come together even on a, on a midweek, anytime that we come together as a body, it's important. And uh, this last week, we, you know, we worship uh, like we always do. And then we go into the message like we always do. And I just want to talk for a couple minutes about the, the worship. Um, we sang, uh, you know, we, we sang songs. We, we opened up at like 10 till uh, with worship. Uh, and then really where I believe the thing started to break the atmosphere open, we sang King of My Heart. Um, and then we went into Show Me Your Face, which is a Stephanie Gretzinger's redo of an older song. And I believe that that really, it was in a moment, it was just, it was quiet, it was chill. Um, I was singing and Matt was playing and then everybody kind of started to join in. And that was kind of a moment where you could feel the presence of the Lord like increasing. Yeah, there He's was a here shift in that moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's here all the time. But there are these moments where he comes nearer to us. Mm -hmm. And we sang Show Me Your Face, which I love that song. Mm -hmm. It's got that old kind of feel to it because it is an older song. Um, and then we went into Holy Forever, which my wife sang. She did just a, just a beautiful job on it. Um, but really kind of from that moment, led us into these prophetic uh, times where we're just looking at the holiness of God. And we kind of just set our face on that. And during worship, like that's obviously our heart is set on the one who's worthy to be worshiped. And um, so, you know, Pastor Michael, we prayed for people. We prayed for, I believe uh, he said, we prayed for uh, people with um, arthritis mm -hmm. is one yep. thing that I can remember. Um, and there were hands, you know, that, that go up all, all over the place. In this church and churches that gather all around, there are people who come in dealing with serious stuff. Mm -hmm. And I do want to say one thing. Lindy was on prayer presenter on Sunday and she saved me <laughs> so many times. On King of My Heart, yeah. I was, oh, I, yeah, sang the, I sang the, I sang the, yeah, that song specifically. I was saying the, like, watching back, I sang the chorus like three times. And I was like, I can't remember how this verse starts. <laughs> and then you put another, and I was like, oh, I'm so glad me. I could come through for you. <laughs> You're human. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I, I'm not afraid to jump into things, but I was like, I don't want to get this wrong. Because your iPad was not working, correct? No, nothing was yeah. connecting to the internet. It was it was crazy. Yeah. Uh, we brought in this one. We prayed for a lot of people. Uh, Pastor Michael um, had this word from the Lord that said, You're coming out. This, this season where you're at, you're coming out of it into a, a new season. And um, really, I never want to walk away from those times. If God touched you in those moments, if, if, if you felt like that was a release, I believe that God meets us in these moments, but it's only an invitation to come closer to his heart. Mm -hmm to find the completion of what he said in, in that moment. Um, is there anything you want to talk about? Yeah, Sunday as as really was such a powerful time of worship. And in that transition from worship to the word, it's no secret, we, we love worship at the Potter's House. It's at the core of who we are. And it's so easy sometimes to just stay in those moments and bask and just eat up all the goodness of God. But yeah. there was a word that needed to be delivered. And it was about forgiveness. And I just think that that's so cool how we saw the face of Jesus. His presence moved in in such a sweet, palpable way. And then because when you see the face of Jesus, it will always t lead you to repentance. Right. And I just think that's beautiful It how that combination happened. Like yeah. sweet presence, but then we heard a pretty tough message too at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. But it's because we saw Jesus and we want to be like him and learn how to forgive and walk with a repentant heart. And you have to have that in a church 
it's it's a it's it's spiritual maturing or maturity to have these moments where we're in high praise, have these moments when we're intimate worship, and not just leave it in those moments. It's easy to do that. Like it's easy to behold God. It's easy to to sing these songs. Like it's it should it should be like pleasurable to do that because He's worthy of it. But it's also as important that we dive into the Word and the depth of the Word because. Our goal should be fruit in our life. Life's changed. Mm -hmm. And Pastor Michael talked about that when he was transitioning to to say like, hey, we worship and now we go into the word. Mm -hmm. And I believe fully that it should be 100% on on both. I believe we should be 100% devoted to the worship and the praising of God and then 100% devoted to let's open his word and dive into it. Talk about the importance of that in in a corporate kind of setting. Yeah. So it's funny that we're starting off on this. I actually just got to reconnect um, with a friend of mine from Tennessee. Um, I didn't know that he was actively involved in ministry. We kind of had a similar conversation about this in that um, and it's something that I think that the Potter's House is actively taking steps towards, you know, making sure that we um, as a staff, but then also to help anyone who, who would call this church home, that it's not just about an encounter, just one time. Although we can all agree, that can ultimately completely change your life in one moment. But sometimes that doesn't happen to everybody in that first moment. Sometimes it's a process, and it takes, and it takes time. Um, so how do, you, how do you walk through that? Um, and I just think that making sure we have um, or, or rather, we are cognizant of that, that this is not a show up once on Sunday, you get this awesome experience with the Lord, and then great, my life is going to be perfect for the rest of forever. No, like, it, it couldn't be more wrong, right? right? This is an active commitment. This is something that, um, you know, it takes a lifetime to walk through. And I think as far as to answer your question, as, a, as like a corporate kind of look, as, as a church um, stance, and just as a big family is, is what we are, is that we should need to make sure that we remain aware um, that in our lives, you know, if we have something that's an amazing encounter with the Lord speaks a word into us, um, that's step one. That's not the end of the thing. That's not the thing God was doing is he's going to tell you something. That's not the whole thing. That's the start. That's the instructions, right? Break it out, open it up, dive into it, and then take the necessary steps after that point to get the fruit, like you were mentioning earlier. So I think just being aware of that, at least in my mind, would be our number one goal in terms of those moments is that being cognizant, it doesn't end here. Yeah, And it's such an important thing in a, in a Pentecostal charismatic church where you feel the rip-roaring tides in that moment to hear the Lord's wisdom and direction in that. Because there's times where he might be, carry on. Like, I'm, my spirit is here to radically change somebody's life through an encounter that leads to something else. Or, I'm here now, there's a word that must be delivered. And that's what I love is, is there's the, this ebb and flow. I've been in services where we've, we've sang for four hours, you know, and then come back Sunday night and did it again. <laughs> but I've also been in services where we sang for 25 minutes. Wow. And then there was this breaking, and then there was this word that was... And the Lord was still move just as strong In both. Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yes, that, that encounter always leads us to the more, like to this invitation to come and, and, and learn. So let's talk about the plumb line. Uh, so we've been in this series. This is the last one. Uh, we've been in this series for about a month now. Uh, and the plumb line is just, it's this measuring tool that builders use to make sure that things were straight. And we believe that God is, is, is dropping a plumb line in, into the house. Yes. Really quick, before we jump into it, I want to make a, a, a plug that I just like, yeah. as preparing for this podcast and thinking about, you know, the message and everything. Um, I think there's a really cool tie back so if anybody who may not have you know uh, been around or even got to hear the messages um, from several months ago from Pastor Michael about the armor of God, I think that oh, the yeah. the um, essence of what 
this message is and what these series is about, that correction, I think that's a really good tie back mm -hmm. to just the armor of God in general. Yeah. Um, and that have it all hinges on the truth. It's this idea of something consistent, something foundational yeah. that you can build from in a direction. Yeah. So um, just as a, if you haven't listened to that series, definitely go check it out. I'm, I'm going to put a link utopia <laughs> in the description of this video. Because I'll link back to that too so they can yeah, go watch it. I, I just think that it's... Um, it's just a really great uh, tie back into yeah. something that that was kind of um, on Pastor Michael's heart and kind of the direction for the church as a whole. In that there's this idea, I think that's coming into something bigger, right? Yeah. Where now we're seeing multiple series, multiple ideas come together for the same essence of yeah. this foundation of something straight and true. Anyway, didn't want to interrupt. I no, just thought it was super a good cool. Word, Chris. And, and now I also wanted to say it before I forgot. Yeah, no, that's a good word. Uh, so let's talk about this last week. We talked about the plumb line, uh, offense, and forgiveness, which. Um, it's a hugely important thing. God values relationship more than what we realize. Um, if you look all through your word, we talked about this on, on last week's podcast with, with Ben and Forrest, um, about even in the word that was given during that worship time and how we tie that back to what we find in Matthew, about leave your gift at the altar and go rectify um, the relationship that, that you have to. And, and uh, Relationship is important in the house of God and in the journey that we're going on. So uh, Pastor Michael opened up uh, reading Matthew 18, 21, through 35, and uh, to, I encourage you to go and read that, to go and dive into that yourself. It's a powerful story. So you have this, this story of um, this, this king, and the man comes in. He owes more than he could ever repay in his life, mm -hmm. and the king has mercy on him, and I am super encapsulating this. It's like 20 years wages or something like that. Like, yeah, it was a, a lot, and so the king forgives him. My man turns around, goes right outside of where he was just forgiven, finds a man who owed him, it was a small percentage of what he just was forgiven. And he said, pay me what you owe me. Word got back to the king. King says, hey, come here. Why would you do this? And then he turned him over to the torturers. And the, the, then the Bible begins to talk about this is what the Lord will, this is how he responds to those things. That should make your ears perk up. Yeah. Yeah. When we've been forgiven a lot, but we cannot forgive in return, that that is something in our faith that we have to address. It doesn't matter how big it is. It doesn't matter how small it is. Um, our goal is to get to heaven at all costs. And so if there's something standing between us and fulfilling God's will in our life and getting to that destination of eternity, we got to take care of it. Not next week, not next month, but today. And so we, we talked a lot about this, about um, offense and forgiveness. We're going to talk about three takeaways today from that message. Uh, we're going to talk about forgiveness is a will, a battle of the will, so my will against his will, God's will. Forgiveness is the mark of a forgiven disciple, and laying down justifiable offenses is a sign of spiritual maturity, and that there is a bride in the earth ready for his return. So we're going to talk about these three things. There's Obviously, when we get into these outlines and these messages, things. There's so much that we can talk about, but let's hone in on those three things. And let's start with talking about this battle of the wills, my will against his will. And we were born into a fallen world. So from the time you get here until the time now, and I see it a lot in, in, in my kids as they grow up, is this, they're wanting independence. So they hear what dad says, they hear what mom says, but they hear what they want too. Sure. And it's a, it's this, you know, clashing and it's the yeah. same thing spiritually for us. We know what God's calling us to. Mm -hmm. We see what we want. We know what would please our, our flesh and ourselves. Um, but it is that surrendering to him. So there, there's a battle. Um, and forgiveness right in there, even if you don't want to. That's why I love on that last point we're talking about. 
even if it's a justifiable thing, even if somebody did something to you that you have every right to be mad and angry and hold a grudge, don't do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's, it's hard for us to hear because we, we yeah. justified means that we should have the right to feel away. And we'll get to that in just a minute, but it's getting back to this thing. If God wants forgiveness, we need to give him uh, forgiveness. So uh, you read in Matthew 18, 21 through 22. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you upon seven times, but 70 times seven. That's a lot. That's one person. That's a lot. And Pastor <laughs> Michael said on Sunday too, this is not about the numbers. And I was like, Phew, I'm so thankful because right. yeah. I'm not a numbers person. Unlike Chris over here, he's a financial guy. <laughs> But it's about the heart. It's about the condition of the heart and surrendering your will to yeah. be in that place of total forgiveness. Yeah. There's a reason why the root word of forgiveness is give. We have mm-hmm. to give a piece, well, not just a piece, all of our will. And it takes a lot of, a lot of prayer, a lot of um, yeah. intentionality with the Lord to give our will back to him so that we can release those things in our hearts that we do have justifiable offenses towards or even yeah. the minuscule things like we have to give of our will our our mind our heart back to the lord so he yeah. can work through us in those ways i think one of the one a key thing for that is to remember how many times we've been forgiven mm-hmm. right uh is and, and again we're talking about this in a little bit but i can easily forgive somebody if i know how much i've been forgiven of um because i don't want to be responsible for holding that over anybody uh and, and having that come back on me because Man, you think about the totality of your life and all the things that God has, has forgiven for us. And Thanksgiving should lead us into this place of, I want to introduce you to the same forgiveness that I've been introduced. But, you know, he talked about the struggle to forgive reveals a struggle of the will. If I have a hard time saying I forgive you, and, and, and let's talk just real quick about, like, genuine forgiveness. Not just, hey, I forgive you. Right. I'm never going to talk to you again. <laughs> I'm never going to address you. No, for, forgiveness is not just this idea of burying the axe, if you will. Yeah. Kingdom forgiveness is I forgive you because I've been forgiven. And if you ever wonder about, like, what is forgiveness biblically, think about what Jesus has done in your life, and there you'll have your answer. And look, how, look, look what Jesus says back to Peter when he's asking how many times. And it's funny, right? And he talked about this. Of course, Peter would ask this. But maybe there's, we may have not worded it like that, but how many times in our lives have we been like, how long, Jesus? Mm-hmm. <laughs> how long must I you to deal with this and deal with that? Mm-hmm. And the fact of the matter is, we are to give forgiveness as we have been forgiveness. So, but talk about the struggle of the will and how big of a fight and a battle that that is. Man, I think that, honestly, I think we could spend like a whole hour, or maybe even more, just on that topic alone of just, um, the struggle is real. You know, it's just like, the, the struggle is real. Um, I guess just to kind of put it from, um, I don't know what you call it, like a 30,000 foot. You know, I think about just like, um, even like back to the Garden of Eden of whenever humanity came into the world, it wasn't the natural design for us to be apart and to have these this sin, this, this flesh in our heart. Um, but when we made that choice as humanity, it, it was a new uh, programming almost, you know, like our natural default is to do things that are contrary to the word that are contrary to how God wants us to be living. Um, and I think that I want to choose my words carefully. I think that that's just something we need to be aware of. Um, I don't think that's something that we need to be ashamed of. Right. So like 
I'm a Christian man. I love the Lord with all my heart. Um, but I'm also not afraid to say my default programming is terrible. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. my default programming is to be prideful and right. it's to be angry at things that I ought not to be angry at yeah. and to, you know, uh, selfishness, yeah. things of those nature. Those are, those are real struggles that I've had in my life that I have constantly have to work on. And, and, um, and I'm just thankful for the Holy Spirit and that he helps me to do those things. Yeah. Um, but I think that just to start the conversation that there is a default programming in us that is very wrong. <laughs> that was very right. contrary. And, um, and he, he talked about that. He, he said this, he said, you got to decide whose disciple you're going to be. Uh, you, you have to be a disciple of the flesh or a disciple of Christ. You can't be both. Uh, sweet and bitter water can't come out of the same fountain. Mm -hmm. So we have to decide firstly, who is discipling us? Is it, am I allowing Christ to come and transform me from that default programming into the programming of the kingdom? Or am I, because I think the, one of the things that you have to acknowledge is when you're justified and you hold that fence, like it can feel good for a minute. Yeah. That's what sin is. Yeah. It feels good for a season. It's pleasurable for a season, but it's going to bring death and destruction. So many people battle with frustration because they're holding on to things that they've never been designed and intended to hold on to. Mm -hmm. So you have to decide who am I going to be, who am I going to be programmed after? And then he read, you know, the, the will. We must be transformed. You have to be transformed. And he read in Romans 12, 1 through 2, where he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Right? I love, in that oh, yeah. passage, I love that. It's reasonable. Keyword, reasonable. Yeah, give yeah. your whole self. It's reasonable. Um, then he goes on to say, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. We have to, in view of God's mercy, again, it brings it back to this, and, and, and Pastor Michael talked about this, because he's been so good to us, we owe it all to him. We give it all. We sacrifice ourselves on him. We see Paul's um, example of this, where he talked about uh, picking up his cross daily. That's us. We, we have to die to ourselves and be transformed daily. It's not something that happens all of a sudden. You say the, you say the prayer, um, which I believe saying a prayer is important because it brings intentionality to the new direction of your life. But you do not, and we talked about this a little bit today, about having this, uh, uh, this, this process that is bore out over time. It's not like you're going to wake up the next morning after you say a prayer and then you're a perfect human being. No, it doesn't happen like that. <laughs> we wish it did, but it just doesn't. If, yeah, if it did, that would be awesome. But it doesn't. So there's this continuing day after day until we see his face in eternity. That's when we become the most like him. That's when we become the perfect person is when we, when we have already gone on to glory. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, too, just talking about the spirit renewing our minds, we cannot go through forgiveness without the partnership of the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah. We cannot mm -hmm. forgive people in our own will, in, in our own strength, because that is so temporary. It's, it's going to last just for a season. Yeah. And the enemy knows your, your buttons to push. He knows the, the places where you still are wounded, even though you've tried to mask it in your own strength to forgive. And he's going to bring those offenses back, whether it's next week, in six months, in six years, however long it might be. If you don't allow your mind to be renewed and your spirit to walk through that path of forgiveness with the spirit, it's not going to last. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that, that comes with letting your mind be renewed daily. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One be a beautiful thing about Jesus and just how he 
um, honestly interacts with almost everything is that he tends to flip things upside down, right? Like they call it upside yeah. down kingdom, yeah, yeah. kingdom and just so many things get flipped upside down. And, and Pastor Lindy, as you were talking, it's, it's so true in that we need the strength from the Holy Spirit to put something down, which is very unusual, right? You think about you need strength. You need strength to pick something up, to pick it up and to move it. But we're actually very natural at picking things up and holding on to things that we really don't need to. But I would say you even see that modeled in Jesus, right? In the garden, before he was to go through everything that he did for us, asking God, please let this cup pass. He didn't want to like, do it. Right. Yeah. The, the because he knew that it was hard. Like he was 100% humanity. Like he was us, but he was 100% God as well. So you even see that in, in Jesus. And obviously he was committed to finish the way that he did. But yeah, you do. So, um, and, and Pastor Michael talked about this in John 3.32 about this idea of he must increase, I must decrease. Mm-hmm. How important is that to finding forgiveness? Um, but again, like to bring it back, you have, to, like you just said, you have to lay something down and you never lay something down and come back empty handed. Mm-hmm. If, if you're struggling with, with turmoil and chaos in your life, yeah, and you a, give it to God, that's a good you point. lay that down, he gives you peace that yeah. passes all understanding. There's a transaction that happens there. This is not, it's not a, if you choose um, to, to, listen to Holy Spirit as he guides and directs you on how to lay something down, you don't leave that transaction empty-handed. You put something down and there is a deposit of peace or joy or security or um, whatever it might be, whatever you just put down, you can almost bet that the exact opposite is going to about to be deposited back in. And I believe that that's where he increases and we decrease because we don't If, if we're laying down that hurt, that bitterness, that whatever it might be, then we pick up what he has. We begin to look more like him. And I believe that that's how we scream to the world on the highest of levels that we've been changed and that we serve Jesus who can make you whole as well is because we don't, we don't act like people who have been hurt. Even in loss, we don't act like those who have no hope. Like our whole life has been designed and written to be the opposite of the kingdom of this world according to the kingdom of heaven. And it is very much that upside down kingdom. In the world where somebody would say, hey, they, they hurt you, they wronged you, punch them back. We've been taught to turn the other cheek. Mm-hmm. And in that, it's, and again, we're not pleasing ourselves. We're not here to glorify in ourselves. We are glorifying God even through the difficulties that we face. And that's why, that's why this Sunday, Pastor Michael is saying, hey, this ain't gonna feel very good, this message, mm-hmm. because we must defeat and overcome our flesh. Mm-hmm. And that's not an easy thing to do. It, Like you said earlier, it takes a daily, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, but not in my own power. I'm going to do this through the Holy Spirit that I've been given through uh, God the Father. And that's the only way that it can happen. Sure, You might be the sweetest person in the world, <laughs> but you cannot do it without God. No. Um, it's only through his power. All right, so let's talk about now forgiveness being the mark of a forgiven disciple. And I, and I think that um, boy, I, if, for those, let me just talk to families right now. <laughs> if you want to show your family that you love God, forgive like you have been forgiven. Mm-hmm. If you, let's talk about friends, people who we've cut one another in the church, brother and sister so-and-so who came to give you a word that cut you to your soul. I've been a part of many of those words. Mm-hmm. And instead of letting that that cut turn into a scar and letting that thing get 
infected and turn into just bitter. I feel bitter at the church. I feel bitter at this. I'm going to deconstruct my faith, whatever it might be. I'm going to forgive that person because I, 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 I feel like if you're, if you're going to forgive somebody, you have to have the grace of God to see them through his eyes. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of times where somebody will come up and say something to me, and uh, I believe that it's the Holy Spirit who asks me, where are they at in their life? What do they got going on around? Because some people can just be having a bad day and come and sure. club you over the head. Some people, some people are, are working. Kind of people you hanging out with that club <laughs> you over the head. <laughs> I ain't be hanging out with nobody like that. Club you <laughs> over the head with words. Uh, it, it happens. I, th- I think that you know there would be a lot of times where it would happen right before, or I've had plenty of instances where right before going into worship, I'm talking about countdowns at three minutes, and it happens it hasn't happened for a long time. Three minutes we're going into service. I have somebody come up and give me. They decide to share their. Yes. Opinion and it moment. is super personal to me. <laughs> and, so, and so I like, I'm holding, in that moment, I, I remember several times where that's happened. And to decide what to do with it right then and there. Mm. I can put this in me and it's going to be a nasty worship service <laughs> mm. because I've got this thing I'm holding. Or I can just love on them and understand and see with heaven's perspective. Mm. Like to not, you know, we teach kids uh, sticks and stones to break my words. Uh, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words can never hurt me. I don't agree with that. that oh, for sure. Who no, made yeah. that up? That, yeah, that is not I don't true. Know. <laughs> words can hurt. Yes, absolutely. And words will hurt you more I mean, it's than biblical, physical. Yeah. You know? I get, it's, it's absolutely biblical. Yeah. The tongue is one of the most powerful weapons. Yeah. And you can lash, and it, 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 and it will hurt. So as this idea of this uh, forgiveness being the mark of a forgiven disciple, you should be. And I'm not saying you're never going to get hurt. I'm not saying that inside it's not going to feel a certain way. But you process that with God. You don't process that with everybody you can tell, everybody that you can gather into your calls. You process that with God, and you show forgiveness through your actions. Uh, And it's a tough thing. Um, But why is it important, as a disciple, why is it important to let forgiveness be the sign that you've been forgiven? Well, I think, too, kind of tying into what you just said, sometimes you don't have to process everything that's said to you and everything that's done against you with other people. Sometimes... All you're supposed to do is just take it to the Lord and leave it there. You mean Facebook or no, 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 no. <laughs> like Facebook, like Twitter. I mean, all those places. Put it all out there. <laughs> you just no, have to no. put it out there. That was a joke. Just kidding. Do not do that. But we have to show that we love one another. I mean, that's what the word says that the world will know our love of God, that we've been transformed by our love for one another. I learned this the most, I think, with my brothers growing up. Um, I know brothers are different, but I, I might, we would get in, like, physical altercations, <laughs> like when we were in our teenage years or whatever. I'm seven years older than Michael, 11 years older than John, so I had, I had a, a size advantage. But John's crazy, so I would, nobody would ever mess with him. I wish we I would, would, could have seen some of those. Oh, <laughs> man, he's, he's wild. And, you know, Michael was always that in, in between. And so, was he the peacekeeper of the family growing I up? I wouldn't call him a peacekeeper, No. Not, not between us three. There, there were times, I'll tell you this one story. I'll never forget, my dad was in our front room, and uh, Michael was standing at the top of the steps, and I was standing at the bottom of the steps. And I can't remember what led up to this, but I threw a ball and hit him square in the head. And he, no, he was downstairs, I was upstairs, because I still don't know how he did this. And I shut the door on him when he's running up the stairs, and my man came and ripped the whole door off the hinges. Oh, just, my and my dad, I never forget. My dad was like, I don't know what I want. I don't want to know what it is. He said, I don't know. I don't want to know what it is. I just wanted it fixed. And it would, that was when reality was set on us. Implementing forgiveness. Like a true dad. Yes. But he, the reality already set it on us that 
I don't know how to fix this. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, so I say all that to say, I, I, I feel like I, what was modeled to me growing up is that we would get, we're brothers, right? So we're, we're competitive, even to this day, playing golf. You get in those kind of modes where you just kind of get away about each other. 30 seconds later, you, you're love, you love each other again. Mm-hmm. You don't hold on to that thing that was said in a moment of playing basketball, you know, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. But you forgive because I know, I know their character, I know who they are, and it's in, especially in relationship. We're talking about forgiving those who hurt us in relationship. Mm-hmm. If somebody hurts you, you cannot throw history out. Mm-hmm. Just to just to put, I guess, a little bit more words, maybe. Um, so, are you, I guess, I guess, submitting the idea that like forgiveness is more of just like one of the first steps? It's not actually the goal. The goal would be, you know, having that true relationship after the fact, right? right so, if right, someone right. comes and wrongs you, or you have ought against somebody. Right. Just because you forgive them and you can go on with your life, that's great. But there needs to be that love, that brotherly or sisterly love, yep. back into that environment sure. because that's what the Lord wants. And right? it's hard because that. a lot. Of, I've I've talked to people over the years who, when you talk about forgiveness, you know, I talked to somebody right down here who uh, they wanted so bad to get this forgiveness thing, but they had to, the person they had to forgive had passed away years ago. So they oh, were wow. struggling with, yeah. and you can still forgive somebody yeah. even if they're not here still. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying, I don't, I don't think it's a healthy thing to say to, when you forgive everybody in your life, you have to go into like that relationship with them again. I feel like uh, depending on who it is in your life, depending on the circumstance of what happened, it might not be a, it, it's a boundary that needs to be set up. I've forgiven you in my heart but I don't necessarily need to walk in relationship with you. Okay. It could be a whole bunch of different circumstances that fit into that. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like if it's somebody who who you're in family relationship, if somebody who, you know, you're you're coming to church, you're sitting in and it's not there's not a boundary that was crossed into uh, you know, this is probably a whole nother podcast about just talking about these things. Sure. But I feel like if it can be reconciled, it must be reconciled. Sure. Um, because I believe that that's where God really gets his glory, not just in saying, "Hey, I'm I'm sorry and I forgive you." Which, how many times have you been in on the side of that where somebody comes and says, hey, I just wanted to tell you I'm sorry. And you're like, for what? <laughs> <laughs> you start sweating like, oh, I don't yeah. know. And then they say, you know, I, I, I said this thing about you. I've, I've thought this thing about you. I, I love and value those because that shows me that they're, they're not just looking for reconciliation. I didn't know nothing about it. They're looking to get closer to God's heart. So I value even that. So, yeah, I, I would say that hurt, don't let that, because what it comes down to in the end is us, my heart, mm-hmm. me. So if if it's if, if I can correct for, if I can correct in my heart, bring forgiveness to it, and then reconcile that thing, I'm, I have to do it. But if I can't reconcile that thing, if there's a if there was a bridge that was burned down that mm-hmm. I have no control over, sure. um, then I just need to make sure that my heart's free. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. So maybe a maybe a, a second draft of my first statement might be there is a phase two sure. of forgiveness. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's not just. All right, cool. We're you moving walk on. It out. There is there is a phase two, and that looks like something different for every situation. And I've known people who <laughs> we used to have two services. They would forgive each other, but then one would come to first service, <laughs> the other would come to second things. service. Oh, yes, so they would never have to like see each other again. Sure. I don't feel if you're still having to duck and dodge somebody, and again, I don't know the circumstances of everybody, but um, if you see somebody coming down the hall and you can't stomach the sight of them. Chances are you've not forgiven There's them yet. There's probably still something there you got to explore <laughs> yeah. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And it is funny because I think even in this vein of forgiveness, you can you could feel like you have got over something. You feel like you've forgiven something. You've corrected it. 
But then six months down the road, that thing comes back up and those feelings are still there. What does that mean? I think that that just still means I need to go back to yeah. the Father's feet and allow him to continue healing what I yeah. feel like I'm, I can tolerate. From the Lord. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's... <laughs> It was it was funny. We were eating um, we were eating dinner at my mother in law's house, and my brother in law was sitting across the the table from me. And I asked my wife to marry me at their graduation party. They're twins, so it was his graduation party too. And it was funny because we hadn't talked about it for a long time. And I said, "Yeah." I, somebody said, "Yeah, you asked Aaron to marry you at your graduate at their graduation party." And Ryan's face went. <laughs> like you've forgotten all about it, and we joked like we joked like you need to ask you see forgiveness. You opened that for old wound when you I said did, that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is funny because it actually he said that I didn't even think it was a big deal until somebody came and said, "How do you feel about David and Aaron stealing your thunder?" And he was like, "You know what?" Which is another whole. Th- oh goodness, that's a whole other a whole other thing like that. Mm-hmm. If it ain't got nothing to do with you, don't pick it up. Don't pick it up. <laughs> but it was just funny in, in a funny kind of context, but. Um, to kind of bring this all back together, yeah, there is a second step. There, there always is a second step. And I feel like it's something that you have to tend in your life. I could pick weeds in my landscaping tomorrow. They're going to be back in oh, a week. Sure. Yeah. Um, and that's just that co- continual um, thing that he does in our life. Any uh, more thoughts on this point? Let's move on to our, our third and final takeaway. Laying down justifiable offenses is a sign of, a, of spiritual maturity and that there is a bride in the earth ready for his return. If you can do it, it shows that you're not in control. Um, again, you might be the nicest person in the world, but if there is, there, there is still just this inability to do something on our own power outside of doing it under God's power. Because that's when we really begin to find that he's truly changed us. Um, so when you're talking about this idea of, of maturity, and we kind of have talked, that word's kind of come up a lot today, even in our, in our staff meeting, mm-hmm. um, of this maturation that comes through. You, again, that might not be the old you. Like, the old you might have been like, yeah. they, they cut me, I'm cutting them back. Yeah. And so how would one walk through that, that path? I just want to um, take a quick second and maybe encourage somebody and say that, that spiritual maturity does not mean you can, quote, Genesis to Revelation. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it does not mean you know all of the songs to all of the old hymnals. It, it means that there is a, a clear effort on your side to continually pursue the heart of God. And there's going to be a lot of things you'll learn along the way, right? I mean, I mean I've met, um, age has no factor in this whatsoever. It is entirely about your stance in pursuing the Father. Yeah. Now, in that, there's natural experiences, right? The longer you walk with the Lord, of course, if you are true and staying true to what his will is for your life, of course you're going to learn more things and be exposed to more things. But I just wanted to encourage somebody because that was a reprogramming that I had to do, right? Sure, it's yeah. like in my mind of like um, not needing, um, or I guess rather would be um, being encouraged that just because, you know, I don't know every single hymn right off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> it doesn't mean I'm not saved. You know what I mean? That doesn't mean that I'm, that, so I don't know. I just wanted to encourage somebody in that. Um, That's a good word. But um, what was your question? <laughs> oh, uh, spiritual maturity. So, like somebody who may have been away, like they, you cut me, I'll cut you back. Like how how would we? And then you can chime in on this too. How 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 do we be just like? What are some steps that you can even like put out there for somebody to say? If you want to learn how to forgive, like if you want to walk in that spiritual oh, gotcha. maturity, mm-hmm. like how 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 practically how can we do that? I think. Uh, I think it looks different for everybody, first off. Um, But I think 
you know, goes on to some things that even Pastor Michael has talked about in, in some various services and speaking in that, um, it, you know, the first thing that comes to mind, he's talked about, if you know, if you feel like the Lord is calling you to, you know, be an electrician, then go and take classes, right? So like, if you feel like you have this um, Holy Spirit leading you to forgive somebody, um, step one might be, why don't you journal that conversation? What that might look like, you know? Yeah. Imagine in your mind of saying like, okay, I'm going to, now don't plan everything out and expect it all to go accordingly, but I think it would be very healthy to maybe... Just put your heart on paper. Yeah, just like replay that situation on paper and say, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to say this. What might that person say? And don't create a defense back and forth in this whole list of 38 pages or whatever, but I think it is very important to maybe just put some words in your initial thought um, and tailor those words maybe carefully of saying, this is what I'm really trying to communicate here. Um, and maybe that doesn't work for everybody. Like I said, I think it might be different for, you know, for anybody, but I know for me, if I need to approach somebody, I'll very often think about it maybe a day or two in advance of like, I know I want to have this conversation. I want to think about what I want to say, because, um, I know me, like I'm not super great with my words sometimes. So I just want to make sure that I communicate clearly. But I do think it might be different for everybody, but I do think the first step for everybody is internal. I think that has to be that thing of let me figure out, okay, either how I'm going to walk this out, or maybe I was part of the offense. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm not yeah, as right as I thought that I was. your part in it, right? Yeah, yeah. And so that first, before I go and even talk to somebody like that, I am allowing the Holy Spirit to evaluate my heart and, and, and reconsider what role I played in this. Maybe there was no role at all, but just to think, you know, because what— when you're talking about something like this, there could be a thousand and one different scenarios. But to actually look through it and say, God, show me in this. How was my heart? How was my initial response? And then through that, begin to, to, to take those practical steps. Um, but how can we do that? Like, how can you have that spiritual awareness uh, to be able to look? Because sometimes that's hard <laughs> to look back and to actually see. When we get in, in an altercation, for instance, we always like to replay it from our perspective. How hard is it to replay something like that from somebody else's perspective? That is way easier said than done. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's like absolutely. the epitome of that right. definition there. And so I, I know it's so important to, in those moments, you have to separate your emotions from what yeah. the reality of the situation is. Because like Chris was saying, there's times their intent or their perception was coming from a completely different direction than how you interpreted whatever went down. And so sometimes that takes a little bit of time. So you have to process through with journaling, Mm -hmm. prayer, 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 prayer. You cannot get through offense and dealing with unforgiveness without prayer. It just does not happen. So how important is is what would you say it is? Because I I think that we live in this world where we are far more digital in our communication sometimes than we are personal. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you're trying to to relay a message to somebody through a text yeah. or through an email, it can be really hard to translate tone, mm-hmm. to translate sure. emotion, because there is a, a, a lot of emotion. Mm-hmm. That's why I would always say... That's why I, it, I only text with emojis. <laughs> <laughs> Just I mean, kidding. I use, I use words too. <laughs> there was a... Uh, I can't remember who told me this, but it has radically changed my my um, communication revolving technology. And it's that if it's text, like if it's on a piece of paper or like a document of some kind or text message, text should be 
informational. If it's voice, that is communication. So like text is information, voice is communication. So like if there is any kind of dialogue that needs to happen back and forth, odds are you might want to either have a physical conversation with this person or maybe call them on the phone. Um, or if you're super fancy, you could do the voice memo thing, you know, but I, I think that there is a, there's a whole world that, and struggles that we're living in now of there's new ways of, of talking that we haven't had before. And so like, what is appropriate for that? What's not? Um, I do think, and I'd love to hear your all thoughts on this. I think that your default should be, if you're going to, um, talk to somebody about some, some forgiveness related topics, I do think that one-on-one in person is always the default. And I know that people are like personalities are different, so it might be easier for some than it is others. Like it's 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 an easy thing for me to say, hey, this is what happened. This is how it affected me, and this is you know what whatever. But I know for other people that's hard. But I always think because you cannot, like you said, like like we've, we've all said, unless you're typing it simply with emojis, like you cannot adequately express facial expressions, body language. To really tell, you can't hey, convey your heart through a you text. can't, mm-hmm. and 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 you could be texting somebody this long, two hundred fifty word text. Yeah. They're texting you right back, so a lot of things that you're saying are kind of going right by each other. Um, and maybe you have had a text conversation like that. God bless you. It's only by the grace of God. Because how what I just went for the past thirty minutes of my life could completely alter what you're trying to tell me. You know what I'm saying? If my baby's crying and, you know, all this other stuff, my car just broke down and all this other stuff, and I just got yelled at by, you know, the AAA guy or whatever, and then all of a sudden I get a text message that's like, hey, here's all these things we need to talk about. I'm going to be like, what? Yeah. Like, what? You know, I'm going to take that the wrong way where you may have been, you may have been like totally upfront, like ready to go. Yeah. Um, I do think that maybe one, uh, I guess, bullet point underneath this idea of, one-on-one conversations is personally, and I'd love to hear y'all thoughts on this too. I don't think it would be necessarily wrong. Just some practical advice, um, just to reach out in text of being like, Hey, are you free for coffee? I'd love to talk to you about a few things. Maybe not necessarily drilling it down in the text message, but if, if you're having a little bit of nerves setting up that conversation, I don't think there's wrong with a set in terms of a text. No, Um, no, no. I think you you have to, you have to break communication. I believe that that's informative too. Hey, let's sit and talk it. You have to read the room time. and know the situation yeah. and yeah. know the person you're communicating with too. So Sometimes you can't be going and having coffee and having a conversation <laughs> you got to have. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I do think that, yeah, to reach out to break that, because sometimes that's the hardest thing to do. Because chances are both, part, both parties that are involved or whatever, multiple parties, they know what's going on. So to be the person that reaches out and says, hey, I feel like we need to sit down and talk can set the other person, the other party up in their heart, even begin to realign it in that time, but have the actual heart-to-heart talk looking into each other's eyes and hearing each each other's hearts. Any thoughts on that? Um, No, I had another thought, though. Go ahead, yeah. But as we're just talking about, like, laying down a justifiable offense, there are so many things in all of our lives that, People truly have hurt us. Oh, yeah. Or they've done things that go against, oh, I, that wasn't personal. Well, it pr- actually was. But when can you lay that down and say, God, not my will, but your will be done? Uh, Pastor Michael said this in another series, another time, but dealing about forgiveness. When Jesus was on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, yeah. for they know not what they do. Mm-hmm. And he could have very easily kept those offenses and justified oh, yeah. everything that was done to him, mm-hmm. but he didn't. Right. And he laid it down. 
And so sometimes you're not going to get an apology. A lot of times yeah. <laughs> you're not going to get an apology yeah. because they don't even know that they did something against you or mm -hmm. that offended you. Yeah. And sometimes there are people that you just won't be able to physically talk with or whatever the situation might be. And mm -hmm. so can you get your heart to a place where you can lay it down without mm -hmm. them giving you an apology, without them even acknowledging, yeah, right. I, I did hurt you. Right. And that is what Christ is looking for in his bride. And that's actually a, a good segue into a part that I wanted to get into uh, this forgiveness and how you walk in it. What Pastor Michael talked about was uh, we as believers are called to love even our enemies. Your enemy is not going to apologize back to you. Mm -hmm. Somebody who absolutely just is anti everything that you stand for, whatever the case might be. Um, and he read this in Matthew 5, 43 through 45. It said, the, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your, here's that upside down kingdom again. Love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. What a command, right? Mm -hmm. And he even talks about, uh, under that, that, that passage right there, and that word love is agape, but then he goes here, it says, the person who hurts you, whether you like it or not, has value because they have been created in the image of God. You have to think higher yeah. than personality. You have to think higher than words. And it's not an easy thing to do. But if you want to walk truly in, truly in, in, in being spiritually mature and being able to forgive even justifiable offenses, you have to have heaven's perspective. You have to love like Christ loved, which, again, is one of those things we talk about a lot in church, but it is not an easy thing to do. Mm -hmm. You can only do it with the, with the Spirit of, of the Lord. And then he talks about releasing, which is to set them free. They might not even know they're bound, mm -hmm. but in your mind, you may have thrown them into a prison cell that they don't even know. Yeah. Open that door and let them out. Um, because all that is, and unforgiveness is like this, and I'm sure we've all heard this. Unforgiveness is like drinking rat poison and waiting for it to kill the rat. Wow. It just doesn't, it doesn't do anything. It's going to kill me. It doesn't kill the person right. who's awaiting my forgiveness. Mm -hmm. it, all it's doing is, is destroying me. And, and I want to encourage and challenge somebody today. You may have, have been dealing with the most frustrating season of your life. And you may have been dealing with it for a long time, but it could be because you're holding on to things that you don't need to hold on to. And it's time to let them go. It's time to, mm -hmm. to release the person who has done you wrong because you could be having thoughts and feelings and emotions about somebody who's already forgotten about the thing. And you just talked about this a second ago. But quit living with that mm -hmm. because all it's doing is destroying you. Yes. And, and I'm surprised we've honestly made it this far without at least mentioning this idea of forgiveness doesn't mean you just bottle it up. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like yeah. forgiveness doesn't mean it's like, okay, I'm deciding I'm not going to think about this person anymore. And to, to kind of go back into what our a little bit of conversation was back and forth about like this phase two idea um and I, like it's different for every person but there has to be something else there can't just be the okay like i'm good all right we're good or i'm just not gonna think about that anymore i'm not gonna avoid this person i'm not gonna do all this um it's so hard to maintain a true focus of going towards a path of total reconciliation whatever that looks like for that situation. but again for a disciple it should be the goal yeah and so sometimes it's, it's just more difficult to do it, but I feel like even in those times where it's the most difficult is when it is the most glorifying to God, mm -hmm. because it truly shows this surrendering of who I am, and the picking up of who He is calling me, calling me to be. Um, so let, let's just take this back. 
forgive is to release a person the obligation of paying a debt, which is in Matthew was this whole place that we started. Um, I have been forgiven a lot, so I need to forgive a lot. I feel like that's an important, like you cannot get through this conversation. And we've said it a lot without that understanding. And if I have been forgiven a lot, I need to just, I, and you can think through people in your life over the years, over the whatever relationships you're in now. And it's a freeing thought to say, I'm going to release you from this prison that I've held you in. You may not deserve it. I didn't deserve it. None of us did, but Christ, no, Christ did it for us. And so that's how we, that's how we have to pay it. And it's not like, like Jesus said, to put it out there, it's a lot of forgiveness. It's a lot of forgiveness because I've required uh, a lot, a lot of forgiveness. And and he, he said this thought, one of the greatest marks of spiritual maturity is the ability and the decision to lay down justifiable offenses. And we just talked about that a second ago, but even in being justified in how you've been hurt. I think this is one of the reasons why we need to be careful about who we bring into our inner circle. Um, you could be like Job, whose friend said, just curse yeah. God and die. That's not what God was leading Job to. <laughs> and so, so I, I, could, I could bring it to my close circle of friends, but if they are not aligning their life with the same uh, goal, purpose. Look and, at your friends' plumb lines. Yeah. What are they aligning yeah. themselves with? And I think yeah. also you could hear a lot of somebody's heart and how they instruct you. If I say, hey, Chris, Lindy did this, did me wrong in this. And if he's like, well, you need to go do her wrong. And I'm like, well, I could see very much Chris's heart in that. Chris would never say that. <laughs> <laughs> but I could see his, his, I could see the heart in people. If, if it's somebody who truly knows God, they're going to tell you, go talk to that person. Yeah. Go reconcile this thing. Go rectify it. Don't leave it for long because then I know more than anybody that things that hurt you, if they're, un, if they're not taken care of, they turn bad and they spread bad. Before you know it, that thing that hurt you is now affecting areas in your life that you never thought it would affect. And but that's how too. it works. And yeah, absolutely. Um, so spiritual maturity, even if you're justified in how you feel, you are not living with that weight. Mm-hmm. You're not carrying that load. I think the justifiable piece plays towards, um, at least it does for me, it, those, those type of offenses seem a little bit harder to put down because it's, it makes sense, yeah. right? It's like it makes sense to feel this certain way because there's a logical reasoning. X person did this to me. Man, that really hurt. Mm-hmm. Ask anybody. They would say the same thing. That is not an okay thing to do. Right. We're all in agreement on that. Sure, There's yeah. no like back and forth. 100%. So like those are just a little bit harder. You know what I mean? Those are just a little bit harder because when you do put yourself in that other person's right. point, you're like, I still don't get it. Right. But we are called. We're not called to carry that. We're called to put it down and be That's like, true. look, at the end of the day, we're not the judge here. You know, at the end of the day, like, they're, they may just have to answer to the Lord for what they've been done. Right. But in your heart, you can't carry that with you into heaven. That ain't yeah. coming. And that was kind of a part of the last point here was um, that it's a sign that there is a bride on the earth who is awaiting the return of Christ. And the bride must remain pure, which is what we, what we the whole, everything that we're talking about is keeping our hearts pure for the return of the Lord, for making it and finishing the race like Paul said. I have to remain pure. If my heart doesn't remain pure, I open myself to a world of hurt. And it's and it's. Let's be honest. Like in this day and age, it's easy to do that. I think in every day and age, it was it's sure. it's it's hard. It's easy to let your heart be led astray like that. Um, but my goal at the end of the day is to remain pure. That means not holding anybody accountable for anything that I've been forgiven of to let them off that hook as well. Mm-hmm. All hearts and minds clear. I do I have. So. Because my brain is kind of random. Yeah, at go times. for it. 
Yeah. There's a deeply spiritual story that's coming to my mind. It's a Cheez-Its commercial. I knew. I knew. What? <laughs> what? I knew where you were going with it. <laughs> what? If you remember, it's it's been out for a few years, but there's a big wheel of cheese in this lab, and this guy with a white trench coat on okay. is checking every day to see where the cheese is, and he's like throwing shade, putting <laughs> insults to the guy, and then one day the cheese block says, "Good morning, sir," and then the lab tech checks ready <laughs> so yeah. my mind keeps thinking about like he's matured and they yeah. say at the end oh, we, the we give yeah, you H-G. mature oh, cheese yeah. like something like that but be a mature block be of a cheese. mature yeah. block of cheese <laughs> so if funny. we can encapsulate all Goodness. of this podcast we'll add that fourth takeaway to the message yeah. <laughs> yes. there'll also be a, be a link to the uh, cheez-its website so you can know yeah. <laughs> i want cheez-its now man uh, i just think that's so cool though because like the lord speaks through so many things oh, yeah. right like the Lord doesn't just work from the pulpit and through the yeah, word. Right. Like he's in everything. And yeah. I find myself getting revelations like that all the time. Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> I love that. All right. Well, good. Uh, man, we're done with this series. On, you on know, to the on, next. On to the next, which I, you know, I asked Pastor Michael today. I was like, because I know the direction that he wants to head. But I've been instructed to just tell you we are starting a new series. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and uh, that new series is starting this Sunday, yes, on July 2nd. So again, if you, um, I want to pray for you real fast. If you're listening to this podcast and you're still a part of, uh, you're still you're still here listening all the way through to the end. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And don't let the enemy steal what God is doing inside of you through offense and through unforgiveness. Um, because you, you, we've, you've been called to live higher. And uh, I want to pray for you right now. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you. I pray for everybody who's listening through the lens of this camera or through the speakers in their car or their phone, wherever they're listening. I pray that you would quicken our hearts and our spirits today, Father. I pray that you would show us the way that you've intended to live. I pray that you would show us the way that you're calling us uh, to represent you and your kingdom here on this earth. I just ask, uh, Lord, that these words that we've spoke today, even in, in this recapping of what happened on Sunday, that they would hit somebody's heart, God. I pray that the words from Sunday would still hit hearts today, God, and, and align them with your will for living. And God, we just pray blessing over those who are watching. We pray, God, that you would uh, Lord, encounter them right now and that that encounter will lead to wholeness and that it would lead to, to healing of the heart. And we pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. All right. Hey, we hope to see you this Sunday, which is July 2nd. We hope to see you for um, the block party, which is July 5th. And if you want to be a part of the choir coming up this Sunday, you can visit our events page. We do ask that you sign up. That way I just know how many people that we have and you can uh, you can help us lead worship here on this Sunday. All right. All hearts and minds clear. Yes, see you next time. God bless you. We'll see you.